Welcome to the show. It's Real Talk with the Six Man. I'm your host, the Six Man. This podcast is uncut, unscripted, and we talk about a wide range of topics such as black entrepreneurship, social injustice, education, finances, the family dynamic, Me Too movement, Black Lives Matter, and mental health, along with many more. It's a Real Talk podcast to empower, educate, encourage, uplift, and inspire, and to allow others to be better than they were yesterday. Have you ever needed an important document notarized and your bank was closed? Need someone who would be reliable, punctual, and provide great customer service? Call my man Maurice over at Austin Mobile Notary, 757-325-7353. Or email him at austinmobilenotary at gmail.com. Austin Mobile Notary is a new mobile after-hours and weekend notary service. Mention this podcast, Real Talk with the Six Man, and Maurice will give you a $5 credit towards your first bill. Remember, Austin Mobile Notary for convenient mobile notary services. Austin Mobile Notary, y'all. Check them out. Six Man. Y'all be easy. You're listening to Real Talk with the Six Man. Be better than yesterday, I gotta be better than yesterday No matter if I'm playing six man or star, I'm better than yesterday I gotta be better than yesterday, I gotta be better than yesterday No matter if I'm playing six man or star, I'm better than yesterday We gotta be better, do better, that's every minute, every second Drop a juice, hope you collecting them. The voice of the people, we all gon' get heard. This real spill, never clear what I say. Huh. Always tuned in, never tuned out. Gotta stay walking, be a sleepwalker. Gotta stand up, got too many stand out. Stay ready, like the six man of the year. We up now. We, we, we up now. Be better than yesterday, I gotta be better than yesterday. No matter if I'm playing six man or star, I'm better than yesterday. Be better than yesterday, I gotta be better. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. Um, you are tuned into Real Talk with the Six Man, and I am your host, the Six Man. And um, this month, you know, um, I, I I took some time and I wanted to devote um, a couple episodes specifically um, to mental health, as you know, May is known to be the Mental Health Awareness Month. I wanted to also do my due diligence and bring people. Um, you know, more aware of you know this illness. I mean, it it, it attacks a lot of people, um, specifically uh, people of color. Um, and it's, it doesn't it doesn't discriminate. I mean, it's other people that have mental health issues, but I like to take light on the ones in my community because I know you know the effect and the impact that it's had in my life and other people's lives as well. So I wanted to close this um this series out with a professional. Um, and I've actually been blessed to get that so i have a guest tonight her name is miss regina and we want to you know pick her brain on some stuff to figure out you know you know what what some triggers are what some warning signs are and to find out some things that we can really do you know when people say self-help we don't mean just getting our nails done and things of that nature but we really you know mean like you know taking care of our wellness you know and one of those things would be our health so miss lady um if you can kind of introduce yourself to us and give us some of your background, that would be most, most impressive. Okay. So my name is Regina Miller-Nadir. I am a licensed clinician. Um, I My specific profession is as a social worker or clinical therapist um, in both D.C. and Maryland. 
I um, have been in the field for 20 plus years. I'm not going to date myself, but I've been doing this work for quite some time. I've worked with um, as young as three and as old as 82. Um, so I've covered the gamut as it relates to, um, you know, mental health supports. My specific focus is trauma-informed um, work, meaning, obviously, you know, there are a lot of us in our African-American community who have suffered through complex trauma. Um, and, you know, to break that down a little bit, it could be as, you know, something as small as, uh, I don't want to say small, but something as big um, as, you know, um, racial divides mm. or you know, domestic violence, you know, physical um, abuse, sexual abuse, you know, molestation, you name it. Um, so, I, you know, I find myself really trying to support, you know, people and trying to navigate that reality. Um, I'm originally from Brooklyn, New York, something personal about me. Oh, okay. um, and I came here because I was told I needed to, basically. <laughs> <laughs> they, you were told you needed to? Oh, okay. <laughs> Um, because of all the things that I've experienced. I mean, uh, again, I was born and raised in Brooklyn, New York, in the middle of the crack era, so if you can imagine what that's like. Yeah. Um, so there are a lot of experiences that I have that I brought to the, you know, brought to the profession, um, not to cloud my judgment, but basically to support and help other people. So That's what's up. I mean, 20 years, I mean, you, you've seen a lot. I have. <laughs> That's what's up. So, what what kind of what kind of was your what what piqued your interest in terms? Of, I mean, because I don't think that that's something that people just you know start up and do. Like it had to be something that that happened for you to make you want to you know kind of be in that field. Um, it's a, that's a really good question. I growing up, um, I grew up in Fort Greene, Brooklyn. Um, and I just, I saw a lot, um, I saw a lot of women being, you know, um, in relationships that they shouldn't have been in. Um, I have been in relationships that I shouldn't have been in, um, at too early of an age. Um, people that I know, family members, friends, um, you know, have been victims of, you know, some type of sexual assault or sexual violence, um, you know, again, the, the whole substance abuse, abuse issue mm -hmm. growing up and seeing that, um, you know, definitely was something that, you know, sparked my interest at an early age. Like, I knew I wanted to do something, and I never wanted anybody to experience the things that I've experienced and the things that my family and friends had, had to experience. And <clears> if they did, I wanted to be that advocate for them. I wanted to be that voice, you know, for them. Um, one of my, I went to a prestigious high school. So again, I'm going to, I keep fresh stressing that I grew up in the, in the projects, mm -hmm. but I was always pushed to do more. Um, and so I went to a pretty, pretty decent high school in, you know, New York, Townsend Harris, which is now the number one in the nation, go figure, um, high school. And there was a professor there that took an interest in me, um, because of all of the things that I brought to the table. I was very aggressive. I was angry. I was not going to school. Um, but when I would get to school, I would always, you know, make A's or B's. Like I didn't, I, would, I wasn't the one that had to study. Um, and he took an interest and he was a psychology teacher. And when he started to share some information with me, that's what really, you know, um, piqued my interest. And so when I was told that it was time for me to expand and see other, other places other than New York, <laughs> mm. um, <laughs> I, you know, ventured to Morgan State University okay. um, and, you know, um, studied psychology from there. And then I just kind of, you know, progressed. I found that it was something that was near and dear to my heart, you know. Again, just never really wanted anybody to have to experience those things. And if they did, you know, that I would be the one to advocate and, su and to support. So nothing, nothing really that it happened to you yourself just something where the teacher was able to take that energy and channel it in a different way oh no kevin i definitely had a lot of what you what i told you earlier which was complex trauma oh, okay um <laughs> uh, and i you know up until you know six years ago i was still facing you know complex trauma so oh, wow. what that means is you know my experience you know covers the gamut rape molestation you know constant fighting fighting you know witness of domestic violence um just recently my you know my husband passed and you know he committed suicide so oh my um, condolences wow 
um, you know, well, let me say that six years ago. So, you know, clearly there has been a lot of you know right. experiences that I've gone through. Right. Um, but I know that my experiences, you know, the reason why I had to go through those experiences is because I knew I was supposed, I was put on this earth to help other people. Right. And that's my purpose. You know what I mean? And a lot of people will look at me um, and, you know, see the things, know that the things that I've gone through, but wouldn't be able to understand how I've been able to, you know, address it or deal with it. Um, And I do, I do lean on, you know, the supports of other mental health professionals as well, right? Like it's important (laughs) in this circle. Because if I'm taking in all of this information, um, then I have to have somebody else to be able to dump, you know, dump to. Right. So let's so let's so let's get right to this. Let's 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 kind of get into this conversation and let's kind of discuss, you know, off 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 the top, you know, why mental health awareness is so important. I mean, it's important because that's what navigates us, right? Like if we're not at a place where, you know, and I think you spoke to this, where we're not open and we're not ready to receive, you know, that level of support, then you're just existing. You're not living, right? Like, you know, you are literally, you know, stuck in the the place within which the trauma first began. So, for instance, if you have a 12-year-old young lady who, you know, was raped by a 25-year-old, guess where that 12-year-old or that now 25-year-old young lady will be? She will still be stuck at that age of 12 if she had not been able to get the, you know, get the treatment that she needed, right? Like, and it's simple is how do I navigate again this reality so that I don't have to be stuck in that place um it's also important because again you know little things like going to to your job that you don't really like or you know what I mean like how do you navigate that I get clients all the time who just really wants to come to me to just talk about how do I navigate my my job you know what I mean because I don't like it or I know that I have to be there because I have four kids at home um and so it's really important to to make sure that you understand where you are. It's 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 being mindful of how to, you know, live life and live live life accordingly. And I do believe that, you know, when you start to take hold of, of the mental health aspect, the same way that you would go to a, a doctor or, you know, or, you know, the same way you would go to the dentist, that's all encompassing, right? Like if your mental is not stimulated and it's not, you know, um, uh, you know, well, then nothing else will be well. It'll impact everything else. And so, like, like, how, 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 how would like people um, that don't necessarily have um, the best education, right? And mm-hmm. we know from a generational aspect that a lot of stuff that we see now has been going on for a long time. Like this is not, it's not, it's not anything new. Like a lot of the issues and social injustices in in, in terms of um, mental health, you know, within families aren't something that's new. Like I had a conversation with somebody when this uh, R. Kelly thing, you know, came about and everybody was so heartfelt on like, like condemning this man. I was like, how is it that y'all got so much energy for this man like this, but yet when y'all got these family members, these, these, you know, stepfathers, you know, uh, uncles or granddads that used to do, you know, this same type of stuff to family members in the basement, they still can come to the house for Thanksgiving or they can still come to the house, you know, for Christmas and nobody has any energy for them, you know? So like, so this type of, you know, um, um, issue hasn't been anything that people don't recognize, but, in terms of being able to identify, because a lot of people have a hard time identifying, how do pe- how, how would a person identify, you know, one that they have a mental illness? Well, I wanna I wanna kind of break down something a little bit further, okay. um, because just because you have experienced trauma does not necessarily mean that you suffer from a mental illness, okay. if that makes sense, right? Okay. Like, and there are varying forms of, you know, diagnosis out here. And one of the most prevalent, you know, is depression, right? People right. speak, they talk about depression as if it's something that's, you know, that's almost like eating French fries. Right. Um, it's, you know what I mean? And we have to be very, you know, very careful about throwing, you know, different diagnoses out as well as, you know, um, you know, saying that people have mental illness, right? 
Um, because again, it could be something as simple as I need to navigate, you know, this a certain thing in my life because it's hindering me from moving forward. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you have a, you know, one of the major mental illnesses, if that makes sense. Right. That makes Um, sense. And the other piece that you brought up that I thought was very key is, you know, um, when you're talking about you know, individuals who may not have, you know, um, the level, you know, the same level of resources as others. Um, and, and you talk specifically about income, the, the, there are so many different resources for individuals who are, you know, that meet a certain income requirement. Right. I think part of the problem is, is that, you know, as, as, as a people, I'm not going to just say hum, um, African-Americans, I'm going to say human beings. We sometimes get so prideful that we don't take the time to actually look for the things that are out there for us, right? Um, there are lots of free mental health, you know, um, places. There are lots of, you know, I don't want to say lots. There are some, right? And specifically in this particular area. And if, if you know, I, I work a lot in Southeast. Um, so I, I'm very much aware of, you know, the supports that are there. But sometimes it's hard for us to get to a place where we can, where we say we need this support, right? Like we need this right. without being pushed by other individuals. Right. So you asked the question about, you know, how can we say that, you know, when do we get to a place where we seek help? When we get to that place when we find that it is impeding on our mental health, and that's different than mental illness. What I mean by mental health is if you have a hard time sleeping at night, if you're constantly thinking about things over and over again, if you find yourself, you know, becoming really overwhelmed by your thoughts and it may at times just paralyze you. And what I mean by paralyze, you can't seem to move forward um, with certain things. If you find that your anxiety levels have increased, if you find that you may be drinking, you know, too much as a way to cope because you don't want to, you know, think about all of those things that that may be going on. Those are, you know, some really concrete, you know, um, characteristics to say, you know what, I think I need to talk to somebody because if I don't, I may find myself spiraling out of control. But people, but people don't normally do that. Like people don't normally like, I'm just saying, speaking for myself. I mean, it was times that I have, um, been in traumatic situations where, um, I'll just say, you know, somebody got injured really bad. And uh-huh. it would be to a point where I would go home and I would lay down and go to sleep and I would just keep seeing this same, you know, event in my dream or, or not in my dream, but just when I close my eyes, every time I close my eyes uh-huh. and it got to the point, like, does this stop? And then what do I have? I have, you know, smoke my weed, you know, have my drink and uh-huh. it's not, and it's not like I'm really going outside, you know, telling none of my boys that I'm having this dream because now I look like some type of bitch because, you know, I'm, I'm I'm crying about having a dream. But it's really not allowing me to sleep. Right. So it's like, you know, I I, 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 I know if it, it, it feels like that's off, but I don't it's not off enough for me to be like, yeah, let me go talk to somebody because that's not something that's been instilled in me. And so that's right. when I say generational It's like. You tell somebody else, you know, that you've had a traumatic event. They be like, "Oh, just pray about it. You be all right." And I mean, a couple, a couple people that I've spoken to thus far about it, you know, mostly tell, you know, me that people have said, you know, just go pray about it, and they did that because they said that that's what they were being told. Right. Right. But mm-hmm, but just think about that. When somebody tells you that, they say you're 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 trying to open up to them. You're trying to tell them that I'm having these issues. I don't know what to do with this. And the first thing that somebody says to you is go pray about it. Let me put a caveat in there. I am a Christian, so I get it. Right. But if you say that to a person and you're dismissing what it is that they're actually trying to say, they're telling you they need help. Right. You, you, you get what I mean? Right. And so, you know, if anybody that's, you know, obviously listening and listening to this and they have some of the same, you know, experiences that you just shared, that's that's the time to say, you know what, maybe I need to reach out to somebody other than family and friends, because then this person is an objective person. This person has no dog in this fight other than to help me navigate my experience right. so that I don't have to, you know, have these reoccurring, you know, dreams or these reoccurring thoughts, you know, um, and yet, again, you brought up a really good point because, you know, as, as African-Americans, and I think you're speaking a lot to that, or just people who have suffered through trauma, right? 
that doesn't necessarily mean that they don't need the support. What right. it does mean, however, is that we need to become more mindful and become more aware of you know what it is that we need in order to get up out of you know that i'm gonna in order to get up out of that mindset i was getting ready to kind of fall into like what we call um an an impoverished mindset Mm -hmm. and an impoverished mindset is when we when we feel that our experiences are um things that we cannot help or the experiences that we feel like we are hopeless about Right. And anybody can fall into that category. You don't necessarily have to, you know, be a white collared individual making six figures. Right. You know what I mean? Or, you know, um, you know, making less than that. Right. You, it could be anybody that can be in an impoverished state. I could, you know, live in Bel Air and still have that mindset if I don't understand where I'm at. If that makes sense to you, if right. I feel like everything that I'm doing is not going to go anywhere or amount to anything, and part of what you, what it is that I hear you're saying is is that you know many of us experience those things, but what's the point of talking to someone, right? I mean, and it's difficult. Yeah, and then but that goes to a place of trust, right? We have to right. trust the process right. with anything. Again, if you, you know, if your man got shot, you, what's the first thing you gonna tell your man? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You wanna say, I either I'm going to I got stuff for me, but either I'm gonna drop you off at this hospital and I'll I'll you know come back a little later after the heat is off of me, yeah. or I'm gonna stay with you. But the bottom line is you're gonna take that person to the hospital because that's the place where they can get fixed. Right. Or get help. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's the same thing with mental health. And to your point, it's the same thing with mental 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 illness. If you find that you have a family member who you know is exhibiting signs of you know of dysfunction, and when I say dysfunction, I mean like dysfunction that is really harming the family, then that's when you know there you have to get the the resources that they need. Yeah, and and just listening to you, you know, you 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 already educate me because now I, I'm I'm jotting down that there's a difference between you know mental health and then and then a mental illness. Absolutely, absolutely, right. there are varying levels of it, right? right? Because again, when I'm telling you about depression, again, there's still different forms of depression, right? right? You know, and I I do want us to be very clear about that because to you know, and I think you spoke to this. When, when someone says mental illness to you, it's an automatic stigma. Mm-hmm. If I say mental health, that's a little softer. Yeah. Right? That means, you know what? I have to take care of me. I have to take care of my mindset. That's a little, it's a little different. Right. And mm-hmm. and and even I'm looking up, um, you know, the difference. And it just says anxiety disorders are different. Mm-hmm. And, yep. But they say they still are grouped in with mental illness. Mm-hmm. So you know, I, I've I've heard a lot of people talk about anxieties. You know, a young lady that I spoke to, you know, um, not 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 too long ago on Mother's Day. You know, she spoke about her being diagnosed um, with anxiety disorder, and I'm just like anxiety disorder. So she kind of explained, you know, what happened. You know, when she had one of the episodes, and she was saying, Kevin, you could just touch my shoulder. And my whole body would just, you know, tingle. And I was just like, wow, like it's mm-hmm. it's crazy how we 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 don't think enough of our minds mm-hmm. to the point where understanding that our mind is controlling everything we do. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and the thing is, is that our, our mind and or if we want to just talk about brain functioning, you know, what our brain does is that it, it, it what it does is it protects us. Right. So, again, you know, to your point about, you know, there's varying, varying forms of different types of disorder. So with anxiety disorder, you could have, you know, separation anxiety disorder. And what that clearly means is at some point there was a, a person who, you know, was your foundation that left you and or harmed you in some way that made you feel unsafe right does that make sense you know then there's there's generalized anxiety disorder and we all have you know some forms of that which means if it's time for me to go on stage and i have to talk to someone you're going to have some jitters you're going to have you know oh absolutely (laughs) right so i mean when i first when i first started this um it took me like 30 times to record to make sure it sound the way it's supposed to, but it was like the more I was talking, you could hear in my voice how nervous I was. Mm-hmm, so it mm-hmm. was, it was, it was like just with that being said, it was like that's how many times you got to have a do over to make sure you're gonna be right. 
Absolutely. You know what absolutely. I mean? So, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, but then, so you have that form, right? That's, that's the normalized version. But then obviously somebody who's actually diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder or something else, that means that it, it has come to a point where they can no longer function. Well, it's, it's, they're having a hard time being able to snap up out of, you know, those things. So overwhelming thoughts, you know, maybe the young lady that you spoke to, you know, had, you know, a, a severe form of, of panic attacks right. where her breathing was shallow, right. you know, she was sweating, you know, her eyes may have you know been jumping you know there's so many different you know layers to that um and there are a lot of people who are walking around and they're faced with you know with those anxieties and you know depression as as you spoke of before and 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 just of the aspect of of you know family like you know friend of mine was you know speaking and was just talking about the type of um impact it had on her husband you know Mm because he was there with her and having to you know, see her go through this. And it was good to hear that, you know, he's been, you know, super supportive of, of, of her getting, you know, the help that she needs. And, you know, a lot of times I hear people kind of, you know, ask questions like that, you know, can you deal with somebody who, you know, got a, a disorder or could you deal with somebody who has like a, you know, a bad behavioral pattern? It's just like, I mean, it, it's, it's a hard question to ask because no, you don't necessarily want to deal with somebody that's imbalanced, but guess what? We all have our own forms of imbalances. Like Absolutely. we all, I mean, it might not be as exactly what yours is, but we all are off in one way or, or another. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and, and you laughing lets me know that you have a life experience that made you kind of laugh because it's like, when you think about it, not saying that you're talking about somebody else, but when you ask a question, hear yourself when you ask it. Absolutely. Well, what comes up for me when you said that was, you know, more about it is how we cope. Right. You know, everybody has had a life experience to your point, And I'm agreeing with you that could have you know, taken us off balance or taken us off, off kilter, you know. Um, but it is in how we cope. And many people, you know, choose the negative ways of coping versus, you know, the other ways of coping um, because it's, it's where it's where our mind gravitates. To. But what do we but where do we learn how to cope? From our family, exactly. from friends, you know, exactly. watching different people. Exactly, right? Exactly. Like, you know, and so that's the cycle that we have to break or the pattern that we have to break. We have to say to, you know, each other. So, we, that it, so if we see other people outside, they arguing and fussing and that that's how they deal with their issues, then that's how everybody else going to deal with their issues. Absolutely, absolutely. So, but, you know, there's always there's always that one person, and let me not say one, there's always more than one person that knows that what they're doing is not right. right. But what the mentality that we have is, it's not my business, I'm not getting in their business, I have my own issues, but then how are you helping those other individuals, you know, see the light, or helping right. them, you know, get some resources that they may need? Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. And so, is it true that some of the stuff that we eat or some of the intake, because I hear people talk about sometimes, you know, even, you know, not not to get spiritual, but the Bible says, you know, to be careful what you, you know, put inside of your body, which is your temple. And you want to, you know, have your temple as clean, as pure as possible. So is there, you know, with the drinking, like I know people, you know, even with COVID-19, when they said that, you know, liquor stores were essential, you know, I, I, I immediately was like, wait, what? essential how the fuck is that essential right and so right um somebody who is an emt or is in the fire department i'm gonna say with the fire department gave me a, a perspective that i was like oh oh okay so she was basically like can you imagine if they close the liquor stores and all the alcoholics that we got out there can't get none to drink now we got all of them in the hospital because they can't because they going through withdrawals because they can't get a drink but we really got people out here that really need beds but all of them got the beds Right. I was so, like, yes. oh, and shit. A, and that's, that's true to a certain degree. But I, again, I want to be very mindful of the different degrees of alcoholism and or substance abuse. Right. What she's you know, talking about is those individuals who's, who are alcohol dependent. Right. Um, they need it. Right. They have more alcohol in their in their body than they do the water. Right. <laughs> so right. they actually need it in order right. to survive. Oh, and that's the unfortunate piece. Unfortunate piece. Right. But, you know, the other thing is, and this is digressing a little bit, when you're talking about the liquor stores being open, the liquor stores are being open because of, it's a financial gain for, you know, the economy. Facts. Um, Facts. That's that. That's all that really is about, to be quite honest with you, because most people will use that as a recreational thing um, in order to get through, you know, the things that we're going through. So if you didn't have right. the liquor 
stores open, what else would people get to get involved in? I mean, you know what I mean. I mean, but you know, and I and you know, my grandmother she passed on the sixteenth of February, right? Mm-hmm. And I went through a whole spiel, you know, you know what we do when we lose somebody. You know, first thing we do is go to the bottle, and we, and I and I drank, I drank, I drank, and um, I. I think after that weekend when we had her service the 21st, I had a conversation with an older guy and he was like, you know, um, you know, a lot of stuff that's going on. People don't understand when they drink, you know, they damage their immune system. I was like, what? He was like, yeah. He said, you know, the more you drink and you um, damage your pancreas and your liver, you know, it shuts down your immune, your, your immune system can't get strong. So I literally stopped drinking around that week of February. So I haven't had a drink since February around the like third, I'm going to say the third, fourth, maybe third or last week of February. I haven't had a drink since then. And I'm not saying that it, it, it hasn't or has affected my, um, my immune system, I'm not going to even speak on that, but I'm just saying just the just the clarity sometimes on some things that I had. Like, so normally if I would normally think about something, I'm not going to say it would be hazy, but I would, you know, um, I would entertain certain things that I know I shouldn't in terms of right. thinking, in terms of thinking. But now when I think about something, I don't, I don't, I don't entertain anything other than what, you know, is goal driven, something that I know that I need to do. Absolutely. And, and, and those- and but, not and not drinking has done that, like literally, mm-hmm. literally. And the funny, the, I mean, I'm glad you mentioned that because here's the thing about you know when you drink, right? When you drink, alcohol is a natural depressant. So think about the times when you were drinking. What you were doing was ingesting this 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 liquid that only put you in a further depression. So it really didn't, it really doesn't help. You know what I mean? At right. the end of the day, right. and so you have to be really mindful, specifically when you're in states of grief. You know, using that as a form, you know, as a way to cope. Right. Versus, to your point, maybe actually going to see someone yeah. to help you navigate the grieving process, yeah. or just being around family and friends who are going to speak life into you, who's going to pour something positive into you. Versus, you know, you kind of sitting and, and taking a hit every every you know, once in a while right. doesn't necessarily, you know, help your situation. Right. And that too, you know, getting back to what you were talking about can also lead to, a, you know, it can, it can lead to, you know, um, mental, mental illness and or needing some mental health support. Right. I mean, you cause know, it's, 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 it's challenging because a lot of us don't, um, one, we don't deal with grief all the same. And I, and I'm yeah. not saying necessarily people go straight to the bottom, but some people, you know, mm-hmm. smoke marijuana. Some people eat. Some people, you know, mm-hmm. everybody do has their own vice of what they do, and it all in, impacts and affects our bodies, one way, shape, or form. Whether it's by overweight or whether it's you know, yeah. you know, killing you know cells in your brain or whatever the case may be. And so that's mm-hmm. why I feel like you know some of the subtle stuff that we know, sim- simplistic stuff. You know, when we mm-hmm. were young, we mother took us to the stop sign. It meant stop. And once right. you went to that stop sign, you had to look to your left and look to your right. So those are some of the same things that I still, you know, do with my daughter, my youngest daughter. Mm-hmm. You know, get to the stop sign, what you do? Oh, look left to right. You know what I mean? Right, and, right. And, so, and so with that mindset, it's like, how do we, how do we, where do we, where do we get to a point where we like, you know what? It's time to go talk to somebody. And, and, and like, and to your, to your point where you, you know, you, you have these indicators, you know, these triggers, you know what I mean? Like these, mm-hmm. these warning signs, like what, what, how do we know? How do we know when it's time for us to go? And, you know, and that's a really good question because everybody, everybody is different, you know? Um, and the biggest thing, you know, for those of us who are just kind of walking and existing and not, you know, really living life is when you find yourself more in a dark state than you do in a high state, you know? When you find yourself going down a rabbit hole of just, you know, thoughts, like it's just constant, it's moving, you know, like you can't stop, you know, it's, 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 it's when, you know, you find that again, it's impacting or impeding your social emotional functioning. Like you just cannot seem to smile. You cannot, well, if you do smile, you're, you're faking it most of the time, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and you know that, but that's when you, that's when you do seek the help. You know, that's when you do say, you know what, I don't care how crazy this sound may sound or, you know, I know people see me and they believe that I'm doing okay, but I'm not. That's when you seek the help, you know, 
And, and, and again, I just think that, you know, going to, to, to seek a professional at any point in your life is just good. It's just good to a good tune up, if that makes sense. Yeah. You don't necessarily have to, you know, have had this tragedy in order to go see someone. Yeah. It could just be, I need to really just kind of walk through some things that are going on in my head. And I want somebody to help me navigate my relationship with, with somebody that I don't understand. Like that's, a, that's a good, healthy way, you know, for you to be able to navigate, you know, the things that are going on in your life, if that makes sense. Right. And so right. there's, there are a lot of different, you know, triggers that, that, you know, you could use in order um, for you to go seek a professional. Again, I don't want to, there's so many different extremes. Obviously the extreme would be if, you know, you are suffering from some, you know, depression, if you're finding yourself, you can't get out of bed and it's difficult for you to, you know, want to be around family and friends and, or you decided that, you know, I used to love roller skating, but I no longer want to do that. I no longer want to do any of the things that I used to enjoy. That's when, you know, you need to muster up enough strength to pick up the phone and call somebody. You know, when you're finding yourself driving a car, you know, this is speaking to anxiety, but when you're finding yourself driving a car and you, you, you kind of, you, you get really still so nervous that you can't hold on to the wheel or the wheel is shaking, right? That's obviously a time when you need to go see someone because now you're not only affecting your life, you're affecting everybody else's life, yeah. you know? And again, those are extremes, but you know, I spoke to the minimal ways for you to be able to, you know, just, you know, just check in again. If you go to the, to the doctor every year or every two years just to get a physical, right? Why not get a mental health checkup? I mean, cause it's something that we haven't been programmed to do. I hate, I hate to say the word program, but you know what I mean? I do. I know exactly what you mean. But here's the thing, Kevin, like people, those of us, you know, people seeking mental health um, has been on the rise for at least five years. And I've seen it because I get calls constantly, mm-hmm. you know, to the point where I have to turn people away. And these calls are from people who are, you know, African-American who are mm-hmm. black, who are, you know, they realize that there's something that they need, that they need to talk through. There's something, they need some tools in order to get to, you know, this next phase in their life. And, it, you know, especially right now when we're dealing with this pandemic, yeah. it's definitely on the rise. And the, the good thing about what I call telehealth, you know, or teletherapy, teletherapy. is okay. they don't necessarily have to be sitting across from me and that whole stigma about laying on the couch or whatever. They could be in their own home, right. just on the screen and you and I just talking. Right. And I have found that many people who are suffering from, you know, anxiety and or just fear of going to see a mental health professional, that helps them, you know, more than the traditional form of, you know, psychotherapy. You know what I mean? That makes sense. So, yeah. And I just say, you know, just just like you, you was Google uh, Mayo Clinic and WebMD yeah. for little things, you need to you yeah. need to pick up the phone and speak to a professional yeah. about, you know, certain things that you may be navigating. Because sometimes, and I'm not going to say all the time, but sometimes the things that you think are wrong with you may not be. I said that. I said that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've said it, that to people. Like you think you think you're bad, but when you find out, you're not as bad as you thought you were. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you won't be able to find that out if you don't if you don't take that chance. Right. Right. You know, to talk to someone. Right. I mean, it has to be it has to be a certain amount of effort on the individual's part as well because it's, it has to be a relationship. And I and, and I mean. I don't know. I, I just feel like, you know, it's not enough. It's not enough of us talking about it out loud. Yeah, like, I like, would agree. Like I, like I, um, I had a, I had an instance where I, I, I mentioned that I had, I had been molested, right? On mm-hmm. Facebook, on, on live. And, oh. um, just kind of making a point, like a young lady thought that I was saying that victims need to speak out because she thought I hadn't, I hadn't had any experience with it. So I just wanted her to know that I was speaking from somebody that who, who's, who, who had been involved with that and, you know, kind of found out what helped them. Cause I mean, speaking out for me, I didn't have to hold on to that weight for 20 years. I didn't have to hold on to that weight for five and 10 years. I mean, it was less than an hour that I had that weight on me, you know? Right. Um, Good for you. Yeah. But, but it's like when people, you know, kind of talk about, you know, their stuff, it's not easy because people won't necessarily, you know, relate, you know, to what you're speaking of. And I think that's kind of the thing that stops people, you know, mm-hmm. from wanting to talk. Because it's like I was telling a friend of mine, I was like, I felt like 
at times when I would, you know, tell people close to me stuff that I've done, like it, it, it almost felt like they were in return, like judging me in certain, mm. in certain areas of my life. Like if I, if I said something, they looking at me like, oh no, nah, I know him because he do, you know what I mean? And it was just mm-hmm. like, damn, I, I just like, I now I can't even tell the people that I thought I could talk to what I want to tell them because it's now it's like they judging me and shit. So it, it, it just is, I feel like, you know, we go through not just the stigma of mental health, but we go through all of those challenges in the middle of, you know, not, not knowing who the right person is to talk to, not, not knowing, you know, how it would sound like, you know, because it, it, it discourages us to do it, you know, to, to want to go seek the help. So I want I people, agree. yeah, I want people, I just want people to know that, you know, they don't need to be discouraged. They don't need to feel no type of way. I mean, you, you, you being a professional, me just being somebody who, you know, has, you know, made it to see 42 years, which, you know, I still sometimes shake my head like, like, wow, 42 for real? Seriously? Like, for real? I mean, cause I was, I was off, I was off the fucking hook. Like, I mean, I would do shit. <laughs> And people be looking at me like, yeah, what the fuck is wrong with you, young? I, I remember when, I remember when the Minute Society came out, uh-huh. and um, Kane and his boy O Dog, but his real name ended up being Kevin. I swear, when we came out the movies, everybody was looking at me like, Joe, that was you. <laughs> right. That that was you on the screen, Slim. That's you. And I mean, it's funny now, but when right. I think about it. And, and and it's me. I'm like, damn. I was like that. I mean, cause I, but I was like that though. I I I carried I carried guns all the time. I had a short fuse. If you said something to me, who knows what would happen, right? But then, Kevin, you already spoke to where some of that is coming from. Somebody violated you, you know, yeah. you know, a long time ago, right? Yeah. And somebody took that freedom away from you. So what did you do? The very chance that you had to take control of your life, right. that's what you did. Yeah. And you know. Was it in a harmful way? Absolutely. But you had to go through those stages and phases in your life in order to get to the place or the platform that we're we're within you're in now. And I do want to go back to something that you said, though, that I thought was, you know, really key. Um, And that was you mentioned something about, um, you know, when you spoke to people about, you know, what was going on with you and then they would look at you funny. I want to, you know, I want to change that narrative or switch that narrative. And that is people often feel uncomfortable because it may have happened to them. Right. And we often will look at it as judgment where they are often also looking at it as like, dang, I may have experienced that too. And look at this person, but I don't want that heat on me like he's getting. So now let me act like this. But it wow. takes people like you, right, wow. to, 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 to change the narrative. It takes people like you to really start to tell, you know, to speak your testimony, to speak your truth. Because the more you talk about it, the more it's going to help somebody else who is feeling trapped, who is feeling like they don't have anybody that they can connect with. Right. The problem in our community, and I think you said this, is that we don't talk enough. We, we sweep things under the rug. We say, go pray about it. We say, oh, it happened to me. You good. It'll, you get over it. Yeah. That's not all right. That's not okay. <laughs> I mean, it's. Okay. I mean, we got we got elders who who had things happen to them in the family, and it takes you, you know, forty year, forty plus years to to find out that this that this happened when you could have, right. you know, kind of, you know, been on their side or showed them some type of support back then, and they just went all those years thinking that they didn't, you know, get support and they could have and so it Absolutely. just it just takes my mind even deeper like damn like that got to be a deeper hurt that you've been through that and felt like felt like felt like you couldn't tell none of us right mm-hmm. that's 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 got to be crazy so i can understand like i you know i understand these youngers i understand that a lot of them have been you know touched a lot of them have been molested a lot of them have this trauma where, you know, you know, they got to be this macho man now because they got a gun and they got to do all this dumb shit. I'm like, it's something deeper there than just that. Like these right. young, these young brothers and sisters, they out here crying out for help when they do this wild shit. And that's how, that's how I see it. I mean, I know when I was young, you know, I can look back now and say that it was somewhat of um, a, a cry out for help, but for for most of it it was more of a you know just me you know um being who i was in that moment like 
like who I was at that moment, I was just reacting the way I normally would. Absolutely. Not, you you were trying to take control of your yeah, life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not not trying to be, you know, make the situation hot, but just, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. shit gotta be hot for people to understand where you coming from. And absolutely. It is what it is. So yeah, so I, I just I mean, I don't know. I mean, I just want people to understand that is it one that is serious. One, that is serious and then it, it needs to be addressed. But two, you know, the levels of, you know, um consideration that it's gonna take you know, and 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 the the effort, the the, the commitment that is going to take to to get them, you know, to a place of peace, if if they can ever find it. And I don't want people to, you know, be listening and be like, yeah, I want to do it, but no, no, but just do that shit, like like Nike, like we like everything else that we do. You know, we can go to Vegas, we can buy new shoes, we can do all this other shit, but we can't take time to to make sure we good first. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's kind of where I am now. So I, I want you to kind of, you know, just kind of talk to that. Like just, you know, having people, you know, see the other side, you know, of that of that illness. Like it's not like it's a death sentence. Like, you know, kind of talk to some of your, um, you know, you know, moments where you've seen people thrive and, you know, kind of just come full circle from it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'll, I'll tell you about an experience that I had, um, you know, when I worked at a level five facility and a level five facility is uh, working with, you know, young people, teenagers who um, are what we consider severely emotionally disturbed. Um, and that means that they had been diagnosed with bipolar. Um, they may have been, you know, may have been, you know, diagnosed with explosive disorder, you know, multifaceted, you know, um, uh, disorders. Right. So. You know, I had a I had a young lady who um, was diagnosed with bipolar, and you know she exhibited some extreme behaviors. You know, hypersexual, um, you know, manic. Obviously, you know, um, she was constantly aggressive, and you know, things like that. And she told me one day after about you know knowing her for about a year that she realized that she needed her medication. And without that medication, she knows that she's not going to survive. She knows that, you know, she is going to, wow. you know, just do some some crazy things. And then she was 16 at the time. I still talk to her to this day. She's an adult. Um, and she's doing well for herself. Had she not come to that, you know, revelation at that point, there's no telling where her life could have, you know, gone down. And her story is such a, it's, 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 it's such a, it's an interesting story where she was another one in foster care, you know, um, you know, survived, you know, rape, survived sexual molestation, mm-hmm. you know, um, mom was on drugs, father, never knew her father, you know, mm-hmm. family members are, you know, totally disjointed, you know, but for her to be able to function to this day, that's a that's a story, right? right? Has a has a job, doing well, raising her kids, and needs doesn't need the level of support that she needed, you know, back then. Right. Because it took one thing to say to for her to say, you know what, I'm gonna stop fighting because I actually need this, you know, this help. The, you know, another example is just, you know, again, somebody may call because they they are having issues in their relationship and they're trying to figure out if they should stay in the relationship or if they should, you know, um, if, if, or if it's about them, if there's something that they could be doing differently, right? See, it's funny you bring that up because I, I, I did that and that was kind of my moment of clarity of kind mm-hmm. of, you know, uh, figuring out that, um, I needed help, right? And so mm-hmm. I, I, I was I was going through um, towards the end of my um, my marriage with my ex wife, and we had counseling. And long story short, um, we we did a session. I got upset. Um, my ex thought I was getting too upset for the baby because my our youngest daughter was there at the time. Because I mean, it was just us, so we had to take her. Um, right. And I calmed down. We, we we started getting into some dialogue, and my ex wife thought that the um, that the therapist was like like on my side, wasn't on her side or whatever. And she decided not to come no more. So they she didn't come. But the therapist was like, you know, with the a little amount, the little bit amount of detail that you gave me, she was like, I I would still see fit that you come. I, I thought I, I think you would get something out of it if you come. And so I, I thought about it and I went back and I, mm-hmm. I, I'll tell anybody this story about the, the, the about two or three sessions that we had in the beginning. None, none of it was about my marriage. Mm-hmm. 
none of none of it was about what I thought I was there to talk about. Right. Three exactly. se- three sessions. Like and and I'm and by the second session I'm sitting there and I'm just like I said, but I'm I'm not talking about my marriage though. She was like, because this ain't about your marriage. Exactly. <laughs> I was like, holy shit. So it's so it's like, you know, our minds, you know, are way more important than we 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 give thought, you know, to to it. Right? Mm-hmm. Because it's like it wasn't like I was a bad person, but my mind, I was thinking fucked up. Right. You know what yep. I'm saying? Like I was just mm-hmm. thinking like 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 I know this not fully right, but why the fuck am I thinking like this? And it, and it got to a point where I would just think something and just shake my head and be like, "Why am I thinking that?" Right. And right. so I so it, it got to a point where I I was I was so um I'm gonna use the word relieved. I was relieved that I had finally did it, but it wasn't for you know, I, I, I didn't know the ride I was going to take. Yeah. I took a ride and I did not know that that ride was going to do that to me. And I mean, by the time we were done and we talked about, you know, the marriage piece, I had already, you know, understood that I shouldn't have never got married to her. Mm-hmm. Just, just in, just in talking to, just talking, not, not the third, not the therapist saying anything to me specifically, but just me talking about everything and realizing like, damn, I shouldn't have never done that. Right. Right. I mean, the, and the goal, the, the, the thing with therapy, and I'm glad you mentioned that, and I'm glad it's coming from you actually, and not from me. Right. It's because you recognize that the, the, the wonderful thing about it is that you're talking through your issues and our goal, our objective is to help you he- allow yourself to hear yourself so that you can come to some sort of decision on your own. Right. You know, something that makes sense. Right. And then recognize like all of the the messages that you told yourself throughout the years, how warped, you know, some of those messages are. And I like to say the the myth that you tell yourself throughout the years, like most of the stuff that we tell ourselves are lies. It's not true. (laughs) But we come to believe them and then we live by those lies. And then, you know, we make decisions that are unhealthy. Right. You know what I mean? And so I'm glad you actually, you know, brought that out and, and said that. I mean, so that's I mean, but I, out. I mean, I, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change what I did. You know, I, 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 it, it wasn't like I didn't love her. You know, at the time, I just felt like going and then talking about it and just understanding that all of that anger, all of that uh, discord, had nothing to do with her per se. It was, it was. Mm-hmm. It blew my mind because it was like, damn, Slim, all that back and forth ain't had nothing to do with her. It, it, it just right. it just took me somewhere else where, you know, how our minds can literally, you know, like that song says, play tricks on us. It can literally mm-hmm. play tricks on us and make us think this is our life when that is not our life. Right. So then you ask the question and I'm going to turn the question back on you. Right. Which was, you know, how do you know when you need this, the support? <laughs> <laughs> right and so you went in there with the idea of this is what we're going in there for but yeah. you recognize oh no this is another layer yeah. there's another layer to this yeah. and i well, actually need that 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 support well i didn't i didn't necessarily i didn't necessarily see it the therapist saw it so i'm gonna back up and i'm gonna tell you you're minimizing your process because Uh-oh. you did know that there was something that was that was a little awry because when she mentioned it to you, something clicked, something stuck, and you came back. The work is not really with uh, yeah, the therapist. The I work is with that. you. I did do that. I did <laughs> exactly. do that. I did. You that. know, because I because I mean, but even still, I I I wasn't when I left. When I left, I wasn't necessarily still thinking it was something more than the marriage. I thought it was still something about the marriage, but it wasn't. Absolutely. You know what I mean? So I think wanting to know if I can fix my marriage was 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 what took me back. But then right. when I went back, it had nothing to do with my marriage. I shit blew my mind. I was like, wait a minute, what? I was right. like, wow, this is crazy. Exactly. Wow. But there was something with me when she said, No, you know what, let let's why don't, why don't the two of us just kind of, you know, yeah. work some things through. You could have said, like, what the hell is she talking about? But you did. What you did was there was something that clicked and it was something that said, you know what? I'm going to try this. I'm going to see what she has to say. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it, and, 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 and it changed my life. 
It changed Absolutely. my life. Absolutely. And I think the one thing that we did not touch upon that I think is always important, and this is this is normally what I say for my during my first sessions, and that is you should be interviewing me as much as I'm asking, you know, probing questions at the initial session. Because you know your initial sessions, I'm just gathering information. Right. But you should be definitely interviewing me. There should be, and what I mean by interviewing is you can ask questions, but there should be some level of connection. You should be able to connect with me on some level. And if you can't, rather than wasting your time, find somebody that you can connect with, just like a doctor, just like any other you know, professional out there. If it doesn't work with this particular person, there's going to be somebody that you can connect with. And right. it's important that you do that. Right. I mean, I, I think when I first, you know, spoke with her, um, it was like she was letting me talk, but it was like times when she felt like she needed to say something, she would she would jump in. She wouldn't, mm-hmm. she wouldn't just let me like rattle off. And I mean, from the whole time I was in there, she was jotting everything down that I was kind of talking about. Mm-hmm. And I was telling her about this time that, um, I had got arrested. Um, I went, uh, I, I had went through processing, got locked up, went through processing. Uh, they told me that the jail was overcrowded and then, um, said that, once they got a regular housing unit for me, they will put me back in a regular housing unit. But the housing unit that they took me that they took me to was a, a lockdown unit, twenty three hours, and you get one hour worth of rec. So they called it twenty three and one. Mm-hmm. And so I ended up being in there for six months. Mm-hmm. And that type of setup, like you know, twenty three hours a day, just in right. my cell, just all day, looking at that light and looking at the the day goes by and do all that little crack window that I got in that cell. And so by the time I get out of this cell at, you know, from six months ago and go through, you know, cause I had a bench warrant for some reason I, I missed a court date, but I was already locked up. I mean, it was a mess. It was a lot going on. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, getting out of that, you know, even before I came home, you know, I had an issue, I had two issues, two or three issues. I'm going to say two or three issues before I even came home, you know, in, in jail. Right. And then came home and now I'm a little bit worse than I was when I left. Mm-hmm. Cause so that's you did you face some trauma What the fuck? I'm like, what the fuck? So it's like now my life is really crazy because I was already like kinda off the hook, you know, before I was getting locked up. But now this happened. Now I come home. I'm really crazy now. Like right. look at this nigga, this nigga tripping. And I went through that. And, you know, it got to the point, even friends was like, you know, you know, they would be talking about, you know, a night, like, and I'd be like, what night was this? And all of them would be looking at me like, oh, yeah, that, oh, we, we, you, ain't come, you ain't come with us that night. I'm like, oh, ain't nobody called me up. And so it got to the point where you ain't even want to go out with me. Like, when I, when I saw that, I was like, wow, that, I mean, not hurt, but just like, damn, I know these niggas did that because they wanted to protect me. Right. Like they don't want me to go out and get into no shit. So they go out, but they don't tell me. But then in hindsight, it kind of hurt me because I wanted to be there, you know, to be there with them too. But I right. understood the value of it now. Not then, but I understood the value of it now. So that's why I love, you know, the friendship that I got with my men. And I just feel like all men should have that, but we don't. And I think mm-hmm. that that with everything that we're talking about now is something that I think needs to continue to happen, you know, through your professional, you know, um, you know, area and just like with me talking to other guys or just people just talking to people, you know, kind of putting people in that mindset that we've we've got to be better than we were yesterday. And I'm so thankful that I've, you know, been through some of the stuff that I've been through, but Mm -hmm. that but that I'm still here to kind of be able to give people my testimony, so to speak. So, so they don't necessarily have to go through that one. And then two, if they have gone through that, unfortunately already, I can kind of give them a roadmap and not have to, you know, go deeper down that road. Cause I've, I've already been there and done that. Why not try to, you know, put you in another, you know, path to, you know, move you on to something different. So, absolutely, yeah. yeah. So I think that's kind of, you know, where I'm at now. And I don't want people to, you know, think that, you know, it's not good, but can you, um, can you give somebody some encouragement and if they, you know, are listening and, you know, they are dealing with some stuff and they're only listening because I asked them to listen, but now that they're listening, 
it might be something relevant to them. And, you know, you know, if by chance they're dealing with something, what type of encouragement would you give somebody, you know, to get them in, in that in that direction? Well, I think the first thing that I would want to say to individuals is that you're not alone. You know, that the experience that you've had, you know, somebody else probably walked that and made it through um, that you don't have to stay stuck. You know, that it's, you know, there's so many resources out there to help you through. Um, and it's important for you to just take hold, right? Like, it's important for you to reach out. And if you don't feel comfortable, you know, try have a trusted family member or friend reach out on your behalf. You know, I just, I just, I want to stress that you don't have to stay in that bubble. You don't have to stay, you know, in that rabbit hole because it's, it's so much greater on the other side. And this is coming from a person who's experienced a number of, you know, of things. Mm. Um, and, you know, use my, my, my talents and my skill set to really just, you know, help other people get lifted. Um, because it's, it's, it's so much better, you know, when you finally, finally can get to a place of being mindful of where you are, understanding, you know, understanding yourself so much more that, so that you don't have to make the same decisions that you've made in the past. Wow. That was, that was, uh, did you write that down? I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> That was that was really good though. That was really good. I mean, I think I think people need to hear from a sister, knowing you know you know knowing y'all probably had similar you know life experiences, and you know just like myself, if I heard somebody you know you know in a male voice tell me that, I'd be like, damn, okay. And so I think that's kind of what I'm trying to do now. I'm just trying to implement you know, that mindset to change it. You know, I think the first time I heard about mindset was probably 2008. And it was just like, change your mindset, change your mindset. I was like, what the fuck does that mean? Change your mindset. And <laughs> right. now, you know, I fully understand what that shit means because your mind, you know, controls everything. And if you can change the way you think, if you can change the way you see things, if you can change the way you react to things, your life can you know be you know smoother than you think it can be and so Absolutely. i think you know that's that's what i wanted to you know come across um i thank you for you know allowing me this time i i, I really appreciate you know just you know the the time you spent with us talking to us but if somebody um you know needed help and you know wanted to you know talk to you is there anybody you can refer them to or do you have any information that you could share um i mean absolutely i am an open book so they can always just email me at regina m nadir at gmail.com that's regina m nadir at gmail.com and then i can point them in the right direction because it does depend on insurance it does depend on a number of things so i don't want to say that i can be the one to support right. but i can definitely you know point them in the right direction right man look mm -hmm. i mean all i can do is say thank you i appreciate that i mean of course you guys you know you know you can go on google i mean google pretty much will help you find in anything you need for mental health um, to anxiety disorders. I mean, just just type it up and, and, and just start from there. I mean, you got a numerous amount of organizations throughout mm -hmm. the metropolitan area that help people. You got hotlines. I mean, this thing, mm -hmm. you know, there are some resources out here for people. And I just want you guys to know that, you know, you do not have to go do this thing by yourself. There are some people that really care um, and that want to help you. So, you know, you know, YouTube, I mean, anything on the Internet that can help you you know, get to where you need to be, you know, test it out. If not, you know, Miss Regina already opened up her email. You guys know how to get in contact with me through Facebook and Instagram and also um, YouTube. So, you know, just just know that we're here for you. Um, we're praying with you, man. We don't want you to think that you're going through this all by yourself. This pandemic has everybody locked in and it's crazy. But I'm thankful again, Miss Regina, for you and your time and just I hope my listeners got something from you and I hope we can do this again. I hope, you know, we can do this on another level or another type of platform at one point. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. No problem. So I thank you for coming out, y'all, man. I know y'all could have been anywhere else, but I was, I'm, I'm pleasurable that you guys could have been here with me. And like I tell you all the time, man, be safe, be productive, be easy, and most importantly, be better than you were yesterday. Peace. This is a journey. It's, it's a process. And, and I know that you think that you know everything now. 
and out of the abundance of what you think you speak but sometimes if you would just hold your peace and realize that how you see it today may not be how you see it five years from now and you will have damaged everybody with wrong information because you thought it was an experience and it's a journey. I'm just captivated by these newest methods of mines And it's just fuel to the flame of this aggression of mines And just like fine wine, boy, we get better with time Cause I'm just moving, I'm moving, I'm moving, yeah I'm cruising, I'm cruising, I'm cruising, yeah I learned my lesson, what a price to pay And I just got up on my knees and talked to Christ today Cause I'm just moving, moving, Cause moving, I be, cause yeah. I be. I'm cruising, cruising, cause I be, cause I be I learned my lesson, what a price hey, to pay and I um, woke up feeling blessed Told myself, gotta live and let go No regrets, forgiveness in my heart Never no stress, mellow breeze AOT, we the best, no Cali On this road to riches For a minute, hey, mileage Had some bustle on the way, guess who couldn't hold on Sad to say, times got real Look who didn't stay true Who you, this ain't no shade Just venting, no offense, forgot to mention You was my brother from another Nothing but love for you. Hope you shine. I've been told you nothing, no, no one gon' ever stop mine. Oh no, this my prime time grind. Hey, I'm moving, I'm moving, I'm moving. Yeah, I'm cruising, I'm cruising, I'm cruising. Yeah, I learned my lesson, what a price to pay. And I just got up on my knees and talked to Christ today. Cause I'm just moving, moving, moving. Yeah, I'm cruising, cruising, cruising. Yeah, I learned my lesson, what a price to pay and I just got up on my knees and talked to Christ to death. 